Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I'm your guest host, Terry LeBas, filling in for Manish Shah, who is currently out of the country. Thank you for tuning in, guys. For those of you just joining us this week, for the past two weeks, Manish has been out of town. He had to go to Mumbai in India for a family wedding and been doing the show by myself, which has been kind of fun, although a little lonely, but mostly kind of fun. <laughs> Before he left, I was lucky enough to get to do an interview with him, and we just thought it would be really cool, since he is the owner of the tea company and also the host of the show, to give you guys a little bit more insight into who he is, because we've done wonderful interviews with George Jage from the World Tea Expo. We've interviewed Joy Jaguna of Royalty of Kenya. We've also interviewed GT Dave from Synergy Drinks, and that's just in the last few months, and these are all great people, great companies. Companies have a lot of interesting things to say, but here we have this really, really interesting person. And, you know, he's always talking about other things, tea for one thing and, you know, tea owners and just the tea business for another. And you never really get to hear about him. So that's what we're doing. In the first segment, we're going to listen to Manish talking about going from survival mode to thriving, which I think is a really cool concept as somebody who is in their mid-late 30s and just really starting to now thrive in life. I can really relate to this next segment. I hope you enjoy it. What you've come from to what you are now is a pretty huge journey. It is a huge journey. I think about it in terms of the tea company and the farmer's market too. And then the software company up until about three years ago, I was sort of juggling all of those out of a need for survival. Mm. I was enjoying what I was doing, but my task list was more like, this is just what I got to do this week to get it done. And so from about 2002 up until about 2006, I worried every week about what I was going to do. Then from 2006 until about 2009, things were starting to come together. It was still a struggle, but I could see the initial fruits of what I had started to build back in that time. And then you came along in about 2009. Yes. We were finally starting to hit our stride. And what's interesting is that everything now is settled down. So there's a sense of peace we're out of survival mode on almost all of those things. Right. We're good now. We have more than a heartbeat. We can start to move into the next phase. And so now the thriving phase begins, and steeping around is a big part of that. It gets to say, look, we're here. We've done a good job because we have more than survived, and now you should take a look at what we're going to do next and what we've got to say. And the feedback that we've gotten from our listeners and from the tea world, the peers at large, and the things that are going on at the farmer's market and the things that are going on with the software company and everything is starting to thrive. And this is against from 2009 until now, it's been kind of a tough economy. Right. And in all respects, we continue to quietly and predictably do well and grow. And so hats off to the gods that be and to everybody that's participated because we're all beneficiaries of a mindset that has been very successful and we'll just keep doing it. I never thought of it that way until we just had this conversation, hmm. but you got to just kind of settle in from survival to thriving. So I think the future looks bright for virtually everybody. It's a really good thing. That's a good question. Thank you for asking it. In the time I have also been working for the company, and you, you mentioned that we're thriving so much now, we really are. Like, I am also constantly amazed at the growth that we're seeing now, especially in this tough economy that you mentioned. We're still thriving. Mm. That blows me away. I mean, and our product really is not something that people need to survive. But I think if you like good tea, you're going to want it. 
Mm. So I think yes. that's something we have going for us that we're different from other companies. And I think that you put so much into that area of your business. I think it really shows. Yeah, we do have good tea. And I think that the thing that really sets us apart is the idea that we want to do things in a very genuine and real fashion. Hence, we're essentially exposing ourselves. You get to ask me any question you want right now. The listeners get to ask me questions Anytime, that they want. Yep. And I believe that when I listen to our own recordings after the fact, I don't have any issue with what I've said. I believe that I say things as honestly and genuinely as I possibly can. I agree. So I really value that realness, that genuineness. And so when I look at our teas, I want them to be a reflection of that too. So I don't want a lot of filler and fluff and nonsense. I try to keep our teas very straightforward, good ingredients, taste delicious, consistently made, fresh, you won't find them in fancy packaging. It's really about the leaf. And I think that when you drink our teas, you can sense that if you've drank a lot of other tea before. So that's one piece in our favor. And then the second part I think that's in our favor is people keep coming back because if you call a tea company or if you speak to us, the you people, get a person. <laughs> yeah, the people that work there, I mean, it's funny when they call and how we respond to you and you know if you've got an interesting idea we're still small enough to say huh okay let's think about that yeah. and and we look at things and i hope we never lose that ability to evaluate things so i don't think it's just the leaf but it's also the people behind the leaf and the personality of the company keeps people coming back too I love that part of our conversation. You know, it's like a happy story from Manish. And he's once again just showing a lot of appreciation for the people that work for him. And, and he's a pretty interesting guy. When we come back, we will find out how to become a tea expert in as little as 10 years. And also, we will finally, finally find out what Manish's favorite tea is. So stick with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hello everyone, this is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson farmers markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, Yerba Mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking Yerba Mate for years now and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, the list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmers Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, Yerba Mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest yerba mate, visit us at mayatea.com and don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much. Welcome back 
to Steeping Around. I'm your guest host, Terry LeBas, filling in for Manish Shah, who is still out of the country. <laughs> still at that family wedding. Manish will be back next week when we go back to our regularly scheduled programming. I hope you have enjoyed listening to the interview with Manish, but you might think that I did not ask every single question that you would have asked. And, you know, quite frankly, I probably didn't. He's my boss. There are certain questions I thought, mm, should I ask that? Mm, probably not. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask him, feel free to email us. I'm sure he will answer your questions. That email address is steep at mayate.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. If you're a fan of the show, please fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around and the My IT Company. So make sure to check those pages out. And also, we now have SteepingAround.com. So you can check us out there anytime you like. Well, it is time for the last part of my interview with Manish Coming up in this next segment, we get to learn about his going from really having limited experience with Chai to the tea expert he is today. And also, also, if you listen all the way to the end, you might even find out what his favorite tea is. So stick with us. One of the things that I hear a lot at the farmer's market is that the staff is very knowledgeable. And I think, you know, you mentioned you had started the business in 2002. It's now almost 2012. In those 10 years, you have become quite an expert. I dare say tea master. No, don't say tea master. <laughs> okay, an expert. <laughs> you know, if I ever have a question about it, I usually just ask you. Right. And I get a damn good answer. So where did you get that? I mean, you, you grew up drinking chai, which is one specific type of tea. But now, I mean, you know a little bit about everything. Yeah, you know, it, it comes from, in 10 years, we've been involved in all facets of the tea business. So, of course, in my early years, it was a lot of reading. And then I had a tea company. I had all the leaves. I was buying all the leaves, mm. for better, for worse. I mean, you know, <laughs> almost going flat broke every week. But I got to play with the leaves. I got to cup. I mean, how many thousands? I can't even think anymore of teas I've cupped, played with, and blended on my own. And everything from learning how to do iced teas and iced tea machines and formulating our own chais and making them into chai concentrates and this and that. And the learning comes from not only that, but also from the questions. So I've been asked a thousand questions Everything from you can every, possibly right imagine. and sometimes i didn't always know the answer right. but then i dug and i found the answer and that continues today my time with Ping, you may have listened to oh, some yes. of the shows previous with austin and Ping at seven cups was very beneficial because they have that next level of chinese tea knowledge i mean wow the stuff that they know i mean i still have lots to learn right. from them she puts everybody to shame that That's i know right. but the, well we want to put this into perspective though they know what they know about their portion of the tea That's business also correct there's yes. a lot of other things and that that's what's really remarkable. The tea business is so huge. No one person can ever know everything. You mm. can know as much as you can know, but there's always more to learn. And then when you add like herbal teas and you think about our conversations with Dr. Trone Lodog that we've played before, mm -hmm. that's another whole kingdom. It'll never stop. And all I can keep doing is try to know more, try to learn more. So just as I keep learning, we keep passing on that knowledge through steeping around to you guys mm -hmm. and so forth. And we'll continue to do that. And so when 
when somebody says you're a master IT expert, I go, oh man, I got so much, <laughs> I got a long way to go because I can see those who have come before us, right? And the ones that have come before us, they're not in the same areas. Mm-hmm. So Zhu Ping has come before me, but she's in a different area. I mean, she knows one facet of ancient Asian tea. Right. There's a whole nother for India. There's a whole nother for Kenya. There's a whole nother in Japan. There's a China New there that I don't know nearly enough about and will. There's all the historical stuff about tea. There's all the health stuff about tea. There's doctors. There's the practical side of tea. How do you brew it? Then mm-hmm. there's the engineering side with all of the making of the gadgets. And right. so how they grow it. I mean, the list goes it's, on it's and just, on. We never seem to run out of stuff to delve into. So as long as everybody keeps staying interested, I keep digging and I have that kind <laughs> of curious nature. So to say expert, I don't know. I just think where I'm at, time and place, there are people who know more than I do and there are people who know less than I do. And in some cases, they're the same people. They just know more about different things and less about different things. Mm-hmm. And we're just all learning together about it all. And that's okay. That's a good thing. And I learn from people who don't have as much experience in the tea business, but who happen to be really focused in particular areas. So it's perfectly fine that way too. So you personally, I would use the term tea snob. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> describing you. Well, like I, for instance, you're not a huge fan of flavored teas. No. Which to me is kind of like tea training wheels. I wouldn't call them training wheels. The way I feel about it is the CTCs and the tea bags and the flavored teas. If you were a tea snob, you would look down and say, oh, those are just not whatever. Exactly right? my point. I am i don't take that stance because some people really like flavored teas and that's what appeals to their palate. Now, what I would say is I have a very sensitive palate, like really, really sensitive. Mm-hmm. So my quest is to get down and taste the essence of the leaf. So then when you add a lot of flavors and other things, it makes it that much harder for me to get to what I'm looking for yeah, in that leaf. It does take away from... Right. And so when you cup as many teas as I do, you know what you're looking for. And you're looking for the story of the leaf. Hmm. Now, if you're looking for that story, it's much harder to get to it if you have a lot of other stuff going on. And in the same regard, when we're talking about like the stuff in tea bags or what we would call lower grade teas, they generally just have a very stark and just really strong flavor. The subtleties... Are are often missing and it's in the subtle that you find all the nuances in the story if you're really looking for it kind of like this interview (laughs) and so if you look at it from that perspective you want to take that leaf and savor it and the only way to do that is to have it in as pure if you would call it a fashion just you and the leaf and give yourself time to really examine it it's true i don't tend to drink those flavored teas Mm -hmm. That having been said, it's different than saying I dislike them. Okay. I still occasionally like an Earl Grey. I like our apricot iced tea in the summertime. I like our ginger peach in the summertime. I think our pomegranate mojito is a really good blend. When we do make flavors, I try to make them to the point where I would like them. Right. I think that also comes across in the flavors we do have Mm. because that says a lot that if you would drink them and you would like them, that you're giving that to the world as something that you think is really good. I I certainly hope so. So I don't know about tea snob because I will tell you I <laughs> regularly have a tea bagged product like on an airplane or something I don't always carry all my stuff on I the airplane I know that about not on a short flight like from <laughs> Tucson to LA what am I going to carry all my tea gear <laughs> that's excessive so I'll just have what they have in the airplane right mm-hmm. and you know I'd be lying if I said I hated it I've rather enjoyed it I've had a couple of cups of tea and go you know what this is alright and it's nice to be able to say look I've had a tea bag from a large company mm-hmm. it's not high grade tea I made a cup of it and you know what it was still good. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Do you have a favorite tea? Yeah. I really like Darjeeling. If somebody was to put a gun to my head and say, you will no longer have 
any tea but one. Choose <laughs> or lose. Then I would probably choose. Ooh, wow, that is a tough one. It would be either a Darjeeling tea or some of the Taiwanese oolongs. Oh, yeah, I know you're really fond of, oh, of oolongs, but why the Darjeelings? Those, the Darjeelings, there's just this aroma, you know, and they're both kind of like oolongs. The Darjeeling, especially at the first flush, is not a heavily oxidized tea. It really is like an oolong. They just have this aromatic, gorgeous, lush aroma, and they both do. I like a lot of teas. There's a lot that appeal to my palate. I love a good Yunnan black or a black tea from Assam. I think those are wonderful. I love some of the Chinese greens or a good Good Japanese green has got my attention. I like a lot of herbals too. I like tulsi. I like rubus. I like honey bush. I like some of those things. Chamomile tea, good peppermint. Those all appeal to me. As long as I can get a clean essence of the leaf, I'm okay. But yeah, I guess if it had to be one tea, whew, just take a coin. Just take a coin. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I guess he never actually said what his favorite tea is. He says Starjeeling and then he says something else. But, you know, for a tea aficionado to narrow it down to two teas is pretty good, I suppose. So anyway, uh, for all of us here at Steeping Around, I hope you have a fabulous holiday and a happy new year. And remember, it is lonely steeping around with only one person. 